This is Heroin Addiction, presented by That Time I Got Reincarnated in the Same World as an Anime Podcaster, where we cover romance and drama manhwa, and the whole point of tropes is to break them. I'm Isekai Sensei-sama, aka Brad, and as always, I'm joined by Bento Baggins, aka Ben. Hello. Be sure to find us on social media, which you can find links for on our website, AnimePodcasterReincarnation.com. So today, we're going to be talking about another typical fantasy romance. Oh, no, wait, that's the name of it. Another typical fantasy romance. (laughs) (laughs) It's accurate. It is entirely accurate. Although, typical, I I don't know. I don't think it's typical. I I think that that title is maybe a little bit bit satire. Uh Oh. (laughs) Well, as always, I will read the summary here, and uh, then we'll get into the discussion. After the gods dropped her in the world of her favorite fantasy romance novel, Lathera was quick to realize that happily ever afters were never easy to get. Given another shot at happiness, she is now determined to avoid the mistakes of her previous life, starting by meeting the sweet and caring Grand Duke she spent years exchanging letters with. Another typical female lead, with another typical duke, promised to wed. Will the story go the typical path we all expect? Well, so, just to get this out of the way right away, this series is so (laughs) (laughs) self-indulgent. Okay. Okay. Honestly, and, and as I was reading this, this thought keep coming back into my mind over and over again, which was if someone told Ben to write a manhwa and said, don't make it like overly drama or, you know, anything like that. I, I think this is what you would write. I, okay. I wrote in my notes, like <laughs> this is, this is peak webcomic. This is back in the in the 2000s. I loved webcomics. I drew webcomics. <laughs> I and I think the thing I loved about them was just like there there's a, a a punk rock spirit about it where they're not good. Like they're not classically good. And I would kind of I, I don't want to offend anyone cuz I really like this. So I'll, I'll say that right off the bat. <laughs> but I don't think it's like it's not the best art. No. It's not the best writing. No. But there's just something it's so much fun about it because there's mm-hmm. like um you can tell and and from the author notes she's writing it as she goes. She has a loose idea what she wants to do. And isn't this written by a guy? I don't think so. Could That's- be. That's what I got out of the author notes. Maybe. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Pretty sure. Uh, so the person who writes this calls themselves Wallhet. W O L H E T. 
I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce that. But looking at the author notes chapter, it's drawn like a guy. I didn't. I mean, it's drawn like a stick figure. So I was. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I didn't the know. hat and the hair and like, is that a tie or I don't know. It it just strikes me as, uh, you know, masculine. I, now okay. that you say that, it's entirely possible it's that's a woman. <laughs> Not well, that it really way, matters, but. Either way, they describe their taste in men. Well, so do you. That's true. <laughs> and maybe we, sh- I, I don't know. I don't think I like a guy with a beard. I'm a guy with a beard. <laughs> but anyway, so that's, that's like the, the, like where I was going is, so it's not the best art. It's not the best writing, but it is like written as it goes and it gets way too big and there's way too much lore and it doesn't matter. And I, <laughs> I I just want to see where it goes. And they could write they could keep writing this forever and I'd keep reading it. Because they they do the whole fantasy romance trope where Yeah, she's reincarnated and yeah, she's gotta marry the Grand Duke and there's all these all this political scheming and stuff. And there's there's a subversion of that right off the bat where it's like, okay. I'm a person who's read a lot of fantasy romance, especially fantasy romance manhwa. It's very like into the genre. It like most web comics, it utilizes a ton of references that will immediately alienate anyone who is not deep, deep in a specific subculture. Yeah. And that was <laughs> the, the, <laughs> The whole time I was like, oh, this isn't going to get a recommendation strength of five because like as much as like it's just a really good series and like you could recommend it to someone who's not a genre fan. There's there's too much in here that is just like, I mean, it. I'm going to probably use this word a lot. It lampshades the hell out of everything. They they are like, here's a mon. They they just right in your face. They're like, here's a Monwa trope and here's the subversion of the Monwa trope. And we're going to literally tell you that this is a subversion of the Monwa trope. Well, and I think that's part of the fun of it because the, the author is, is very clearly like, mm, I'm stumbling over my words. I think what I want to say is so many of these Monwa, almost all of them are based on a web novel. So the manhwa is always an adaptation. They always mm-hmm. have a blueprint to follow. They have a plan. Um, and I won't say that the writing is tight, but it there's not a lot of like surprises. Everything's worked out beforehand. Mm-hmm. They don't like randomly go in a different direction based on feedback. Unless the web novel did, but then they clean up the web novels. So it's always this kind of refined product by the time it gets to the mono stage. I, sh- I should say on that note, there are a lot of series based off of web novels where when they are adapting it to a manhwa, they will make changes and sometimes significant ones that like actually affect the story. Although generally the sort of end goal is still the same, but like, 
Yeah. I see this in spoilers all the time because so many people in the manhwa community will go read the web novel first and then come back to read the manhwa and then they'll leave spoilers and stuff. And they're always like, oh, in the in the web novel, such and such happened. But here they're changing it and they're doing this instead. And I've seen that like enough times to go like, apparently this is just a thing that they do <laughs> to just change things. But even then it feels like a, a decision. Like this feels really loose. Like, yeah. And, and in a good way, like it's something that the, the writer artist really wants to make. Well, and that's, so that's an important thing from the author's note, which I thought was, I read the whole thing. Cause I was like, this is actually really interesting. This is the first manhwa that this author has ever written. They worked for like a comic company before and they, but they weren't like the, they weren't author. a creator. They were like right. in the staff and they just did some stuff on their own um, and like put it up on their Twitter or whatever. And they actually started writing this series and putting it up on Twitter and got a contract with pocket comics from put that on their Twitter. And so like, this is their first professional manhwa. And honestly, like that's really, really impressive. This is so good. And it's their first one. Like it, the, the, the manhwa stuff to me has always been somewhere halfway between a web comic and a manga. And it's, it's something that most of the audience probably doesn't even relate to anymore because I <laughs> web comics, what I'm calling a web comic, you almost had to be alive in 2003 <laughs> and, and online and reading these things. Yeah, you know I mean, what I'm talking about? I, I used to read, you know, you know what? That's probably where this started. I used to read so many web comics I, I never connected that before in, in our two years of doing this podcast, I never connected <laughs> the fact that I read, you know, probably 50 different web comics back in the day to the fact that I now read hundreds of different series of manga and manhwa. Well, I used to do the same thing. I don't know if these names will mean anything to anybody, but like Penny Arcade's still around, mm -hmm. but there was Mac Which Hall, there was yeah. Apple Geeks, uh, mm -hmm. Control to leap, but that got weird. Yeah. And then, and they all oh, got most weird. Of them. Yeah, yeah. Most of them. Like VG cats. Um, oh yeah. God, there was one Dominic Deegan that just got way too deep and off the rails. Um, and like all of I these were, I still have my bookmarks here. I, I can't bring myself <laughs> to delete them. No, you never, you shouldn't. That's the one thing you should hang on to. That's a piece <laughs> of history. Nobody's keeping track of. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I was really impressed. I'm, I mean, as, as you mentioned, like, oh, this isn't perfect. There's problems here and there, but like for someone's first go at this, like I can forgive literally every single mistake. And I think I've mentioned this like before on every podcast, but like, I like punk rock and I like hyper pop and 
anything where it's like somebody making something in their bedroom with no gatekeepers and like <laughs> self-taught and I, I there's just something about like the pure expression of that and so that that's the there's there's just a certain something i can't quite put my finger on with this one where they're doing exactly what they want to do and it is one person's unique vision and yeah, they have assistants and yeah, they have an editor and stuff like that, but, um, they're getting it out there. And, and probably the biggest thing is I'm going to, now we, we said we were going to talk about this right up front. We don't know how to say the names because <laughs> they sound kind of Spanish, but like, is he Pelis or Payas? Yeah. Or, or Payas. <laughs> there's, there's other names that don't make sense if you don't say them in a Spanish kind of way, is that, is, would that be, the, what's the term for that? I don't know um, what the term for the double L is. Yeah. But, but like one of the characters is named Javier and like that name doesn't make sense as Javier. Right. Yeah, we know he's not Javier, but is, is it Mon- Manila or Monia? And I think it's Monia, but for some reason I said Pelis cause she calls him Pell and I kept reading it as, yeah, it doesn't make sense to be Payas, and then her nickname for him is Pell. So, yeah, if anybody, uh, <laughs> come on our Discord and let us know how to actually say these names. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call the gonna, one guy Javier, and I'm gonna call him Pellis. So we're we're gonna get it wrong. If you're mad about that, come let us know. We will apologize to you on Discord, but we're not gonna apologize for it here. <laughs> yeah, uh, and in in Pennsylvania, everybody's gonna call that guy Pellis. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, but so Pellis is the male lead, and he is, and we'll talk about this. Ugly, I guess. In terms of Asian beauty standards, yes. <laughs> he has a beard. And he, he's insulted for having a beard. And I was, you know, until I got to, like, the author note, I was like, you know what? I'm going to defend Pellis here. Like, I, I don't, I, I think he's an attractive man. I think that beard works for him. And uh, then the author was like, I drew Pellis this way because that's my taste in men. And I was like. All right, you know what? <laughs> All right, you're okay. I'm back in. But he's also covered in scars, which is not beautiful, I guess. Even though, I don't know, I, I feel like if you're as jacked as Pellis and you're a big fighty man and you, you got scars, somebody's into that. So a while back, this guy posted on Reddit on like a skincare subreddit and it got, you know, highly upvoted. So I saw this and it was this guy who sort of looks like me, you know, a big guy mm-hmm. with a beard, um, mostly bald kind of thing going on. And he had a big scar over his eye and he was like, Hey, skincare, what can I do to take care of this scar that I don't like here? And I saw this post and I was like, I immediately was like, what are you doing? That's awesome. That is the coolest looking scar. Why would you want to get rid of it? And I went in the comment comments on that post and there were plenty of people saying, Hey, 
your scar is awesome. You don't have to get rid of it. But if you want to, here's what you can do. Yeah. Everybody was very supportive of like, no one was like, don't you dare get rid of that. But also like, hey, you don't need to. We think it's cool. And then months later, there was a follow-up post of after he was doing stuff to it. And it was mostly gone. You could barely even tell it was there. And I saw that and I was like, oh, that's too bad. (laughs) (laughs) And good for him that he took care of that because he didn't like it on himself. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. But reading those comments, having a cool scar on your face is hot. (laughs) So just putting that out there. And eventually, like, the whole Pellis is ugly thing. He's he's obviously not. The author obviously does not think he is ugly. They think he is attractive. Yeah. So it, it, that's not a big deal. I, I, I just thought it was funny when they were like, oh, my God, he's so hideous. And he's like, this. he's perfect hair, perfect beard. Like, Well, and apparently, you know, as popular as the series is, also a lot of other people think he's hot. So attractive like a lot of things are attractive regardless of culture. Once you look, look at them for a couple seconds. Yeah. But, and, and am I the only one in the world here who finds like beautiful people suspicious? (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's fair. Like you can't trust them, right? Yeah. Like, why are they talking to me? What do you want? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and like beautiful people generally get what they want and and have an easier time. That's like a scientifically proven phenomena. Yeah. And so, yeah, I I agree. I I find beautiful people difficult to trust because, (laughs) you know, you always get what you want. You've got to have some kind of ulterior motives here, right? I could never do a podcast with a beautiful person. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. No. But my yeah, beard I, is beautiful. I'm not necessarily beautiful. So the the first subversion is that Pellis is ugly. The the second subversion is that you know what? We're gonna do an emotionally intelligent relationship where both people are adults and they just tell each other what they're thinking. And we're not gonna have any misunderstandings that Oh never no, no, get they do misunderstandings, but they only last for like half a chapter at most. Yeah, because they realize, oh, we're having one of those misunderstandings that always happens in the book, and I'm not going to let this turn into a big thing. Yeah, I'm going to talk about my feelings. And Which is like, I mean, honestly, that's par- probably my favorite <laughs> thing about this entire series. Because one of the things that drives me the most crazy in a lot of these other series, I'm into drama, right? But mm-hmm. like, when you do a misunderstanding and then you drag it out, for six, seven, eight, fifteen chapters, it's like, what? What do you? What are you doing? It's here? frustrating. Yeah, and that's not an emotion I, I look for in entertainment. Frustration to, is not necessarily drama. Yeah, yeah, I, and I have to say, like, I, I got to go back on the um, just an episode ago on heroin addiction. I said. That I understand why people portray problematic stuff in romance because a healthy relationship is just not fun to watch. <laughs> and you guys countered me with another typical fantasy romance, which is well, like, 
a sickeningly healthy re- relationship. Yes and no. I will. I would say that this isn't quite as entertaining as a bad <laughs> relationship, right? I don't know. I think they did it right. So another thing that I, I promised I would bring up was around the time I started reading this, we were doing a Christmas thing on Words About Books where we covered a, I think they called it a, a sweet. Didn't you clean, say clean? Yeah, clean, sweet, closed door romance. And there's a whole subgenre of romance novels. I don't know if it's the same in Manwa called clean where um, d- different authors handle it differently. I, I understand, but basically no sex. I think you would just call that uh, not explicit in the, uh, in the world of Manwa or yeah. not R 18 or whatever, or R 19 or whatever they call it. Well, and that's why there's, there was kind of like a weird, um, and I could be wrong because I haven't read a ton of it. And I was talking to some people about it and there's different books do different things, but it seemed like there was like a weird, very specific morality about relationships that is portrayed in the clean romance. And it's basically no sex before marriage mm. is what they're getting at. Well, then um, this is definitely clean. Yeah. And I, I don't know how into spoilers we want to get. Well, we should, I mean, there's a couple clear things to get out of the way, which is uh, the main thing being that Lathera is a double isekai protagonist. So she's from Korea she goes into the novel, she subverts stuff in the novel, but then like at the end, after she like wins, I guess she becomes the, the empress, but then like the male lead of the novel sort of goes crazy and kills her. And then at that point she regresses at which point this story begins in her previous life. She was just pen pals with this Duke and they were like really good friends, even though it was obvious even at that point that they both wanted more than that. Um, So then she immediately just, I say immediately, but she goes back to when she's a kid. So she like has to set everything up again, but she like, as soon as she's of age, she goes to propose to the Duke who she, she has not communicated with this in, in this life. But then we find out that the God sent that man her letters. Yeah. So he knows something's up with her and he agrees to meet with her and he's got this reputation as being the beast of the North. He's scarred. He has a beard. How disgusting. And all he does (laughs) is fight monsters and show up at parties and flip over tables. And how could anyone love that? I I do want to say, because they keep, they, they keep going, Oh, He's not actually like this, but like, no, he is actually like that. <laughs> like he is a big, scary guy who kills monsters and is terrifying to people. He's not, you know, friends with. <laughs> he's also like eight feet tall and 400 pounds of solid muscle. Yeah. Um. So there's that. And she keeps calling him a bear. And I'm like, I don't like there's not an ounce. Of, there's not an ounce of fat on this guy, man. I don't, right. Like when she sleeps on him, I'm like, I. If you say so, but like he's so powerful, he's able to uh, change his density at will. 
So he can turn himself into a pillow. He can use he uses the chi. So also he looks like Ned Stark. This this seemed like it was very much I don't know where the cold oh. Duke of the North comes from, if not Game of Thrones. I I haven't I read a lot of fantasy and I haven't seen everybody looks like Ned Stark to me. Yeah, that's a good point. Never really connected that. But I think you might be right. Because yeah, he also acts like Ned Stark. I, I feel like this author had a crush on Ned Stark. I, I think they watched Game of Thrones and it's Ned Stark. Although um, Sean Bean is not nearly large enough for that. N- no, but he's always in furs or something. So you can yeah. pretend. No, And, and Pellis is a little younger. <laughs> he's, I guess they're both in their 20s. I can't really get a read. The author specifically said that they are not, they don't have canon ages so that people can apply whatever they want. I guess I got the vibe that they're in their twenties or something because she's just recently of age and he's somebody in the comments on like the last chapter that I read was like, Oh yeah. uh, She's in her thirties and he's in his forties. And then someone else was like two chapters ago, the author said that there's no, canon ages what are you talking about <laughs> uh, yeah I, I don't know it doesn't really matter the author's right but, but I, I I would imagine they are in their mid to late 20s yeah because one of the things uh, that's, that's immediately apparent about Pellis is that he has cultivated the beast persona to keep the nobles away because he had a traumatic experience where his father was betrayed due to the political machine. And he just doesn't want any part of that anymore. He wants to hang out in the North and just live peacefully until the end of his days. And again, you say cultivate it, but like, I don't think he has to try that hard. Like we, we see that, you know, he's very much like that just normal. it's he's definitely cultivating it though because it, when you see him talk to his servants like okay he does hate the nobles and he is acting brutal but he's giving them the impression that he's going to kill them yeah and he would not do that yeah probably not, not and unless they give him a good reason he's got his his girly handwriting and he's got his grandpa reading glasses and he's got like he's just this soft boy intellectual when he's hanging out at home. And then when he goes out now, he does fight monsters all the time and he does seem to genuinely enjoy fighting monsters, but I don't know. He he seems to have like a pretty like bookish life at home. I don't know. Yeah. But it is shown that like sometimes he goes into that beast mode, like not, on purpose just because something has triggered him and it, and as we get into the series, it's mostly, you know, someone saying something rude about his wife, but (laughs) like that does exist beyond just, Oh, this is a persona that I'm putting on. I don't want to. Yeah. I, I, that is true. I don't want to get, too into spoilers because there's some stuff you haven't read. Mm. This is the rare heroin addiction where I read everything that's out. All right. So we'll get this out of the way. Um, <laughs> I started reading this fairly late, um, especially compared to, to you, Ben, who started reading it before the poll was even closed. Um, and 
I so I only got cleanser. through the first season and a couple chapters into season two. Um, the main reason for that is because I, for whatever reason, I can't really binge like I used to just a few short years ago. Um, and while I really liked this series, there was, there was no point that sort of like sucked me in so much that I just blew through like 30 chapters all at once. But I was reading a solid, you know, 20 chapters a day at, at some point. Um, <laughs> I did get sucked in because I have this thing for, I don't know how to describe it other than something very simple that has way too much lore. <laughs> My favorite band is Ghost. I love Lord of the Rings. It's my favorite books. Um, I just, I just like, and you talk about self-indulgent. It's incredibly self-indulgent because really the main story the author set out to tell is kind of told by the end of season one. And so, then, uh, well, well, we didn't quite get through all yeah. of the necessary spoilers, which is given that um, Lethera was killed by her, the the former male lead of the story, um, she's got some trauma associated with romance. So when she first goes to the Duke in her third life, she's like, let's have a contract marriage. Um, it's very clear, very, very early that they both are madly in love with each other and probably were in the previous life as well, even though they like kept their distance as Empress and Grand Duke. Um, but because she's got this trauma associated with it, they like the, the proper term for it would be keep each other at arm's length, even though that's not what they're doing. They're, they're fairly intimate. They're married early on. (laughs) Their marriage is kind of their first date. Yeah. And then they progress through a relationship that is taking it slow all the way up to a full romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a neat way to do the clean romance. I actually really liked it because for a long time, like there is kissing and stuff. They, They do eventually progress that far where they're not lying. They, they, they don't have any denial about their feelings, which is refreshing because Mm -hmm. that is a particular trope that I don't really enjoy is when somebody just can't process like, Oh, well he would never feel that way about me. This is, I mean, it's basically the antithesis of of dense female lead syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. There's, that is my least favorite trope is like, I am only, the most beautiful, smartest, richest, most powerful woman in the world who could love me. I hate that. Give it, if that's your least favorite trope, then you're in the wrong line of work. Here. I know. <laughs> For me, the story doesn't start until we've progressed beyond that. <laughs> the, the, the first 60 chapters of some of these series are, are killing me. I, I could get by if they spend a lot of time scheming with the maids. I can handle that. Um, but yeah, fortunately for this, we haven't, uh, we haven't read, um, 
uh, my BFF as a tyrant, have we? No. <laughs> uh, that's currently <laughs> 94 chapters in, and they're only just now going, yeah, obviously he likes me. <laughs> Uh, that was, I remember it hurt because I think we started or pretty close to started with author of my own destiny. And that was, that was a big one. Yeah. That one, I think that one at least has a good reason because she's like, I wrote this, like these are, these are my children, but yeah. So I, I, I give her, uh, Fiona. I remember that, uh, a bit of a pass, but yeah, the, uh, I used um, my BFF as a tyrant in training. Uh, she's the the poster girl <laughs> for Dent's female oh. lead syndrome. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is like the opposite of that. Very, very, pretty much, you know, five chapters after they're married. It's like, yeah, we're obviously, we obviously like each other a lot. Um, I just have trauma around this. So we're going to not do, and she's very open she's like i have trauma related to romantic relationships so please take it slow and he's like well i get super embarrassed really easily so good we'll take it slow yeah we'll just take some time to get used to each other we'll we'll hang out and for her she's like they gave her the trauma and i think that was that was probably a good decision for the storytelling because they needed a reason for her to slow down because yeah. for her, she's already lived two lives. She's she's a, she's a super senior in the world of of adult romance. Oh, and I love that they just like this is what I was talking about the lampshading, and they're like, there's some fourth wall breaks in there. I don't know if those are supposed to be like, I don't think they're supposed to be canon or anything. But like the fact that they're like, no, I'm an old person. I've lived this many lives. I didn't regress my brain. You know, yeah, because <laughs> they're it's like, because but I won't give like, anybody a canon age, so it's as problematic right. as you want it to be. Because <laughs> it's possible that he's in his thirties. Um, it's possible that he's nineteen. But then, like, th- they very clearly go, "No, she's older because this is her third life." And I think at one point they're like, "She's lived over a hundred years." At this point, they said. Or something like yeah. that. I don't know how accurate that's supposed to be. Um, but I think when she was the Empress, she lived into her, you know, 40s or 50s. Um, so the they're very clear about like, no, we're not going to do any kind of bullshit about like, oh, when you regressed, your brain turned back into that of a kid. And so it's not creepy that you are <laughs> interested in a younger man or something. Well, and I also like he's initially very apologetic for everything. He's got really low self-esteem and they they kind of have to fix that at some point to have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And like and that's what I mean when I say it 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 found a way to do the healthy relationship where here's a genre where healthy relationships are boring <clears throat> and simply having somebody be like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you have low self-esteem because that is actually going to make you a bad partner. Mm-hmm. We need, you're going to need to call me out sometimes. Like you're going to need to, to stand up for yourself. And it, 
they're like, he's like, wow, really? And they, they have this whole thing where he's a teddy bear and she's a rabbit. And they're, they, I, I like all those little gag cuts of them. Yeah. The one thing that gets a little old is the eternal professions of love. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like every couple of chapters, there's a big like, isn't it so great that we're so in love and still <laughs> so lovey and love, love, love. But everyone around them is annoyed by it. So it does help. Like it's, the, the, uh, the whole, they just yeah. lampshade the hell out of everything. And every, every time you would be like, oh, we're doing this again. Or, oh, there's this trope or that. or They're like, hey, we know this is a trope. Or, hey, we know this is slightly annoying. We're going to call it out. It's like, and it's, in a lot of different places, you would be like, oh, lampshading is terrible. Like, you can't get away with it just because you tell us that that's what you're doing. But most of this works for some it's reason. It's objectively bad writing. But, <laughs> but it comes from such an honest place of being fed up <laughs> with not seeing that, that... I don't know. I give it a pass. If it, it's one of those ones where like a, one of the, one of the problems with, with like old punk bands is, you know, either they burn out or eventually they become just a little too skilled to do punk anymore because somebody who actually really knows how to play the guitar, just hitting three power chords you can't make it sound honest. Like you, is you it, can't is make it punk to make millions of dollars. <laughs> well, you, you, you can just tell the difference between a kid who's doing that because that is just the only way they have to express what they're feeling right now. And, and somebody who's doing that to like mimic that rawness and because it's just too skilled. They're just putting it together too well. It doesn't, the the rough edges are what makes it good and i think that's what's happening here is like this i would the, say the, the rough edges in the writing are definitely something that makes this feel more real and i think the the thing about this you know saying oh the writing in this at times is objectively bad I think a lot of the lampshading that's done here is not necessarily a bad thing because most of the times when it happens, the situations that it's happening in feel organic. Like this is a thing that would happen. No, nothing got shoehorned into this to create this situation. It came it flowed organically and so the lampshading that we're doing is a thing that the character would do. So short of like the fourth wall breaks, this is the way that this character would respond to this situation. And so while it could be, you know, objectively bad writing, it doesn't feel wrong, so to speak. Well, I, I would say there's, there, there is a, a point at which less would be more like, there are scenes where something has happened and for the, and it's especially egregious when you're reading it all at once. Mm. 
Like I read 90 chapters pretty quickly. So it's like when Lethera is saying for what to me is the 20th time in an hour. I just love this man so much. She's just thinking, (laughs) she's just thinking that in her internal monologue. And it's like, you could show that just on her face. You don't need that word bubble. You could just throw that out. There's, there's a tendency to overwrite there, but there, I will say that I think that's part of the reason why I didn't um, glide through this as easily because I, I felt like the chapters were sort of long and like a bit heavy in terms of like having to read things. And, and, and I think thinking back on it, I think you're probably right about like there was a bunch of stuff in there that didn't need to be written out. Like we could have just had a panel or two of art and moved on. And I think that that would have made the, the reading experience easier. It's, it's overwritten in a way that to me shows that the author is not confident that you're getting their message. And then there is at the end of season two, there's another author's note where they write something like, a bunch of people were commenting that Lethera was bad for divorcing the crown prince. <laughs> How could what? she divorce a man who loved her so much? Oh, my God. And the author was like, oh, maybe I was too subtle. And it's like, no, 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 no. You, you're fine. <laughs> you, you're right. He displayed enough behavior that, that it was it was good to break up. But I guess a bunch of people had had a reading of that, that she just just ditched him for her pen pal. I think it was very clear. It was like the first chapter where it was like, he is the worst kind of yandere. Like, that's not the kind of person you keep around. There's a lot of people that like that. Uh, and I think and there's also but, a lot of people who are do not have good reading comprehension. Well, I I think there's a combination of there's people that are into that, and there's people that maybe did not read it as well. But also, the author needs to, if it were their second or third series, I doubt those comments would have gotten to them. But because it's their first series, they wonder if it's their writing. Mm. Was I too subtle? Did I not make it obvious enough that he is a bad person? Um, so I guess I'll have to ham it up a little more. I guess I'll, I'll have to have him say cartoonishly villainous things <laughs> for you to understand that he is actually a giant asshole. Speaking of which, the given that the author continues to read all all of these comments and everything, um, I hope they hear this. I hope they really enjoy <laughs> the fact that there's two large bearded men talking about how much they like the their series. <laughs> it would be cool. I, I if you know them, send it out to them. I guess, but uh, I. I don't know. Like the writing, it, it is a little over the top for sure. But again, I like it because I know it's not coming from 
a place of like arrogance. Mm -hmm. It's self-indulgent, but like the, it's also self-conscious. And, and I I will say like a lot of this is going to come out in the rubric. Um, I'm, I'm looking, this is a very highly rated series. I don't think that we're going to rate it as highly as other people are rating it. Um, just given the, the technical parts of it. Um, I am going to pump it as high on the personal preference as I can. Oh yeah, certainly. It's going to gain a lot of points in (laughs) in certain areas, but there are some things like the art and sort of just the, 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 the pacing, the overall writing kind of stuff. It's not going to get fives. Um, we'll, we'll see if they get four, but like, it's, it's not going to be a perfect score. Um, so as much as we want wh- to be like, this is so good and we're going to handicap them because it's their first series and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, Oh no, 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 the, no, we need mathematical precision. That's more important <laughs> than anybody's feelings. But I will say one other thing before we rubric is for me, the the initial like pitch of the series if, if you're writing a tv show they make you like pitch like what's the formula of the series and there's like a famous george R. R. martin interview where he had to pitch the what's what's the one sentence description of every episode of the twilight zone and he he, he talks about having to think about it and, and goes uh, an extraordinary man finds himself in extraordinary or, or an ordinary man finds himself in extraordinary circumstances. Mm. <laughs> and so in this one, it, it's basically like we're going to subvert uh, all the, all the problematic tropes and we're going to have a, a healthy relationship that, that culminates in, in a fulfilling romance. And by the end of season one, I'd say they're pretty much there. And yeah. I don't I, I, like that. That's only a, a, a spoiler for pacing. Cause you know, it's going there. Um, so uh, for my curiosity, I had to read all of season two. I had to know like <laughs> what's left. Cause there are side characters, but they're not super well developed in season one. I, th- I think there was enough in season one to set up the sort of like, Hey, there's other stuff going on here in this world. And and we're gonna we're gonna explore that. I'm just gonna dangle one thing in front of you. So like the main point of the series for me was in season one. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like, oh okay, well maybe I won't even like season two because I don't know where it can go from here. Off the rails is the answer, <laughs> and there is a reveal near the end of season two that I was like, where the fuck is season three? <laughs> like I need <laughs> you can't <laughs> you can't drop that on me, and it's such a a silly in soap opera like. <laughs> there was a there's a thing in season one near the end of season one where they were helping out the mage's tower, right? Mm-hmm. And a thing happened that to me as a reader made it very obvious that like the previous timeline that she was in after she died, 
there were things going on and that's somehow affecting this timeline, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, but she didn't figure that out and Pellis didn't figure that out. And I was like, after all of how smart they are all the time and you're just like, no, they didn't figure this out immediately. We're going to, cause we're going to deal with this later. I was like, really? Like that seemed out of place to me. Well, again, they figure it out pretty quick in season two. Okay. And, and then it goes a little further than that. And I'm like, oh shit, that's such like the, they, they, managed to put the drama back in and I got I I won't give a spoiler because this is honestly like you can see it coming it's pretty easy to predict but it was just enough of a surprise that I was like oh fuck when it happened like that was my actual reaction <laughs> it was like like oh no what are they going to do <laughs> <laughs> and it was it, it took me back to that like webcomic thing where it's like, you know, these webcomics you're reading are just stupid amateur nonsense. But like, if this ever comes out in book form, if it's, if it's already out, let me know. Um, I, I haven't looked for it. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. I don't see anything about it. Well, getting released. I, I don't know who publishes these things in book form, but I need a hardcover of another typical fantasy romance. Oh, hardcover. You're going to I need a hardcover. You're going to pay the big bucks for it. I am. I will pay 20 to 30 dollars per volume. I don't think uh who made me a princess even has a hardcover. <laughs> but you can you can read it on know. Pocket Comics. Um right to I don't the know. author. I need I a Pellis t-shirt. I need like this needs to go viral. It needs to be in hot topic. We're just, I'm going to revive emo. <laughs> and then I'll just live forever. I'll never age. Anyway, where were we? I think we should probably rubric. You think it's time? Unless you've covered. got another, another general one. Um, I mean, as always, the rubric will unlock more discussions. The rubric will show the way forward. So this is the point where I say, hey, everybody listening, you can go on our website, animepodcasterreincarnation.com, and rubric along with us. I have created a rubric page. The link's up at the top of the site, heroin addiction rubric. There is an interactive rubric that you can go through and you can click and it'll tally up the total and everything. I built that for you. It's a Christmas present to our listeners. So you can go on there. You can do the rubric on there and then you can come on our discord and you can say, here's my rubric. This is what I rated it at and, and play along at home. So we are going to be definitely using the romance version oh, yeah. of the rubric this time. Um, and uh, we're kicking it off with content and ideas. What are you going to rate this, Ben? I think I will give it a four. I think that's fair. Original ideas and plot. 
and they're presented and I th- developed yeah. clearly. It's it's strange that I think that the Ned Stark thing and a healthy relationship is uh, an original idea at this point. <laughs> <laughs> what what if everybody wasn't toxic and horrible? Uh, yeah, I. But it I, is. <laughs> I don't think this can be a five just because of how much it uses other ideas to yeah hang its hat on. So yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean the the things that it does do are done well. Um, both of the main characters get satisfying, you know, character development. I think I'll probably keep reading this one on my own. If you remind me when season three comes out, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to remember to check, but the originality really picks up towards the end of season two. That's when I think it, it really starts to go full old school web comic like all right we're just like we're just playing a solo D D now mm. we're just we're just gonna figure out where this quest chain goes <laughs> this is one like like you're saying like we we would probably want to come back to this and and re-rubricate later um i don't know if we'll get to the end of this series because given what they were talking about where they want to like continue with it, this could be going on for many years. Like every good web comic, they have no idea where it's going to end. Yeah. And who knows if <laughs> I, I sort of doubt that we'll sp- still be doing this in like five years, but who knows? <laughs> I've been doing words about books for five years. Has I, it been, is it five yeah, now? We started recording in 2019. It was, it was the end of 2019. Yeah, but it's been... So it won't be five years until the end of 2024. I guess technically. So you're four. it's four years. Four-ish. But we'll still... Be, we did it for five years. We'll be doing it unless one of us dies. But, uh... Well, well I wouldn't... Unless uh, I die. <laughs> I, was, I wouldn't... Don't tell him I said that. Don't tell no. him I said that. You can put it out there. I... <laughs> but, I, I, I <laughs> I can see Nate doing something like that. So <laughs> my dream for this series, for this, this particular comic is it continues to grow bigger and bigger until it collapses under its own weight and fizzles out of existence. It becomes a Monwa black hole. Yes. <laughs> that is what I want. Just every time, uh, a new, uh, trope, comes up in other manhwa <laughs> it just gets sucked into this series i i don't even know if they're doing tropes at this point like mm. i think it finally had its own thing which i love so well y- the y- first season is full of tropes so. i'm hyping season two so hard if, if I you're did, into- i did start it i i liked the the first couple chapters were pretty good i'm gonna keep reading this um 
much more so than other series that I'm sort of in the middle of. This one is definitely at the top of my continue reading this in the middle of it list. There is, if this ever had an anime, there's, (laughs) there's, there's a plot point in season two that I could put to like a new metal song and an anime music video. (laughs) It was so, it's like that Vegeta sound effect from team four star of like, it's so fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) The the Broly one. Yeah. Broly's power is maximum. He's so fucking cool. Broly is the devil. Oh my god. He's so fucking cool. I Maybe I'll tell you after we're done recording. <laughs> I won't, I, won't, I don't want to spoil. Um Okay, pacing. Yeah, pacing and structure. Um this one oh, I don't know because when I was in the middle of season one, I was like, I'm not sure if the pacing in this is very good because like they don't really draw things out in the moment, but the overall sort of goal of the first season was very drawn out. And so like, I I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm like, there's, there's a, there's a part of me that's like analyzing this and like, can't quite wrap my head around the technicalities of like, was the, was it paced properly or not? And because of that, I sort of have to go based on my own feeling, which is, I I think I have to give the pacing a three. I also gave the pacing a three. I, uh, you're not just trying to make me feel better. No, no. I I filled this out before we even started talking. So nice. I would rate it on, on the dragon ball Z scale. It's not, not quite a planet Namek. That's a disaster. Uh, but it is a snake way. This planet's going to blow up in five minutes. This is, it is Goku running down snake way. He, he gets there in the comic that happened way faster. Yeah, but I'm talking the anime. This is this is like on on the next time on the how far did you throw your coffee table when next time on Dragon Ball Z was said? <laughs> when Frieza said this planet's a tough old bird, I'll give it two more minutes. I literally stood up and flipped a coffee table. <laughs> um so we're not quite there. But we are Goku. Do you remember you can fly? You know, you don't have to run on the snake road. You can fly. So just fly around, like cut the corners, Goku. Cut he the did corners. fly back. Yes. When he got reincarnated. So, which was frustrating. And it took and, him like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd say it's a snake way. So that's a three. That's a three for me. Yeah. The, the pacing and, and I understand the subversion of the trope is that they communicate that the communication is important, but there's a lot of moments and the especially egregious ones are when they're thinking to themselves long, long text bubbles of emotions that are clearly written on their face. Yeah. It's a comic book. Let it be a comic book. So the pacing's a little, mm. 
but I don't, it's not enough for me to say it ruins it for me. Oh no. I mean like the, the pacing is totally bearable. It's just, there are times where you sort of go, oh, we're still doing this or we're doing this again. And I think the definition of a three is there's a room for improvement and right. there most certainly is. Yeah. Um, so even with season two, it, you don't think it's, it's up to a four. No, no. I think they still, especially with season two, um, that's where the crown prince really starts coming in. And like, you can tell in the author's note sort of solidified, like they're really trying to hammer home. This guy sucks. I don't. <laughs> hey, uh, preview for our next mainline episode. I really don't understand how people get things so wrong when they are consuming media. Like, I just don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, why are people so stupid? <laughs> like, uh, it's a combination of you, you got to take the comments with a grain of salt as an no artist. offense but, to anybody. Well, like if you're somebody who felt that, but like, I just, there's, there's so many times where I'll read comments for things and I'm just like, are we reading or watching the same thing? Like what, what are you, what are you doing? Well, I don't think every, every comment is necessarily meant to be like a scholarly criticism of the work. Yeah. I do think some people, there are people out there who just like the Sundere trope who are going to be like, Oh no, he's a, he, you, how could you leave him? Oh, and that's not, that's Yandere. That's, <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't it's know. Very, that's a different thing. <sighs> I don't know the, the Japanese classifications for terrible relationships, but yeah, there's people who are just going to say like, Oh, how could you leave him? And, I don't think they're really thinking that hard when they make the comment. The author literally set up a thing where like the Pellis is also like, um, possessive and like, doesn't want other guys to like be in love with her, but then shows him getting over that very quickly. Like he lampshaded it again. Like, so how could you have read the whole first season and then be like, oh, no, the the prince was obviously fine. It's like, <laughs> no, we, we literally spelled it out for you. Like, here's your example of how you can be possessive, but then also not be overbearing. You know, there's there is a challenge coming up with the crown prince. And I, I think this maybe goes to characters a little bit, but um the downside of really hammering home what a terrible person he is, is like how in God's name did Lethera fall for him in the first place Yeah, right. <laughs> in the original world or the, the second to original world. I think, I think they sort of explain that a bit where, so first of all, he's pretty, he's, he's a uh, classically beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then they also, show uh Lethera thinking about it and going like yeah in my first life you know I did all this stuff and I was trying to like complete the story but like even better than in the novel and so like he's the male lead and so I'm gonna go with him and 
my understanding is that in the original story, he didn't come across as Yandere. And mm. so in her first Acting. life, she didn't figure that out until he basically just got in her face about it. At which point she immediately kicked him out. And so like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the characters. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I'm going with a four on this. I also went with a four. God damn, this rubric is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like, well, first of all, Lethera and Pellis have very developed and satisfying arcs with each other on their own. Like there's a lot of good stuff going on here. Some of the side characters have some good relationship bonding and growth and stuff like that. Um, there, they, in season one, they started with this like other. There's another prince who could potentially be put on the throne, and there's some political stuff going on there. And I think that the way that they're developing him is good. And then her, uh, Lethera's relationship with with Manila and Cartha and like all this stuff going on. Um, but those other side characters could have more screen time to get more. And I think that would have also played into the pacing if they had sort of yeah, did some different views and said, here's what this person is doing and they're going through a thing and they're growing and changing like that could have made the pacing better and also then the characters. And so both pacing and characters would have gotten bumped up one had that yeah, happened. That, that's that's the, the exact same criticism and praise I have is – it gets a four because this really is a story about Lathera and Pellis and they are solidly developed, but every side character gets no love at all. Hardly in season one mm-hmm. and only starts to get the ball rolling in season two. Like the, and they introduce a lot of like they introduce a lot of, tantalizing side characters they're all kind of interesting like yeah cartha weathers who i keep calling carl weathers and Eh, that's um, what i first thought when i read it uh then high priest astrum finally gets a little bit of an arc and and the mage indago i think is his name and um each of them is and and of course manila and uh, Javier, they're all introduced and they all get like a couple of chapters of development, but the, it, it kind of felt like checking boxes, like mm-hmm. got introduced these, these characters I had ideas for. And then it, I think that's the downside of not having the story pre-written for you. You can't really, make decisions about where to position certain things in the text when you're writing it week to week, you kind of just got to go with whatever you were able to get done. And I, I do. So I think, uh, what did we say? Manila or Mania? I think Um, it's probably Mania, but we're going to go with Manila. Okay. Just, just I think she's, I think she's probably the most well-developed of the side characters. Um, 
And to that end, I think she probably gets the most screen time of, of the side characters. Um, I also feel like she's probably the third most important character. So that also makes sense. Um, if they had given the other characters, you know, 75, 90% of the screen time that she got, I feel like the pacing and character development for those side characters would have been better. One of the interesting things is the author talks about in the, in the note at the end of season two, that they didn't have a clear plan for Nikki's backstory. And Nikki was one of the characters I was most curious about. I figured you would be (laughs) because you know, I like the maid. Yeah. And, and she's like an emo maid too. Yes. (laughs) I was like, I love Nikki's character design. I was, I was, Oh, and then she can also fight because like everybody in the North can fight. And of course she has two daggers reverse gripped. I love it. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I was like, what's her deal? And the author's like, you know, I never really thought about Nikki until I drew this one panel. And I was like, Oh, then I had an idea for a backstory. And I was like crushed. (laughs) I was like, wow, you're just going to do Nikki like that. But fortunately, Nikki's backstory is pretty cool. Um, When you get reincarnated into this world, you're just going straight for her. Or do you want to be her? No, I go straight for her. Yeah, no, I want to, <laughs> I think, I mean, I want <laughs> I don't know. I uh, know that's weird. I don't know if there's a male I'd want to be. Maybe I could be the mage guy. I'd want to be the mage guy or Kartha Weathers. <laughs> if I were, if I were to play a character, I think. I'm not pretty enough to be either of those people, mm. but. Or you could just be like a knight up in the north. And that would, knight. that would get you close to her, so. That's true. I could be a knight. I could fit that role. I could fill out a suit of armor, I think. Like carve the muscles into the suit of armor. (laughs) Look like I have. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get summoned. You'd, so you'd have a different body. That's true. Thank God. (laughs) Okay. Romance. Yeah. Romance. Five, five, five. It, yeah. No question. It's, it if feels this isn't so a good. five, what is? Yeah. Right. It's like, this is anybody who has ever had any kind of trauma related to a relationship needs to read this series because it's so healthy and fulfilling. Yeah. It's, it's like five out of five hashtag goals. I don't, I don't know. What to, like, <laughs> right. They do everything right. And and it's not... They're not they, perfect to start with. So yes. it's not like boring or anything like that. They grow through it. But but at the same time, they're both um, adults who know how to communicate. Yeah. And they have their challenges. They have disagreements. If it... I, I if it had just been that Pellis is just this teddy bear and he's just he's just the perfect man who does everything right all the time mm-hmm. kind of is but he's close to it but not so much that it's boring he he's able to disagree with her and mm-hmm. he has his teddy bear qualities are even pointed out like you you know you say lampshade but in this case I think it worked out where his teddy bear qualities are kind of exposed for like what they are, which 
is, yeah, you're a nice guy, but you know what? You can't just abdicate any responsibility for your life by always deferring to me. You're going to have to start developing a personality. Yeah. And, and he, he takes that advice and he, he really thinks about it. And that, I think that's good. I think it really bumps it from a four to a five. Yeah. And like, there are, there were multiple moments where I teared up. Like I, I, I'm not someone who's going to be like, Oh, I don't, I'm stoic. You know, I've talked about it before. There are, there are plenty of things I've read in these manhwa, um, that, that have made me cry. And like, one of the things that gets to me is a really good, wholesome romance. When like you finally get that point where the two characters come together and there's a, a fulfilling connection that they have. It, it brings me to tears and like, those are, those are happy tears. Um, but then, you know, sometimes there's sad tears, but like in this case, multiple times while reading this, the romance made me tear up. And like, if that's not a five, I don't know what is it. It hit me right in the fields, yo. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one stuck with me and I knew like, I totally understand struggling to get through season one. I understand anybody who doesn't like this. They're, they're really valid criticisms, but I don't know. It just stuck, stuck with me. There's so many memorable panels. I've been posting screenshots of my journey in the discord and they do manage to make like, even the, even the taking it slow bits, like, they make them sexy. Like it, it, it feels there's, there's a thing that comes up a lot in action manga and, and uh, movies and stuff like that, where a fight is only as interesting as the emotional struggle of the characters in the fight. Like a, a fight is never really about the fight. Like there's a reason a UFC match doesn't necessarily hit you the same way as like a, a professional wrestling match. Yeah. Um, and Hey, uh, make sure you're subscribed. There's an episode of Shonen jumping the gun. That'll be coming up in, in a while that, uh, covers that per- perfectly. Uh, but in this case, I would say it's the same thing with like a, a kiss or a, a sex scene or, or something like that, where it's like, it it's extra no sex scenes. This is not an R18, <laughs> a love scene <laughs> um, where it's uh, it, it hits harder because you know, all the emotions behind it. Yeah. Like there's motivations there and, and it's not just like, it's not just like some erotic image or something. It's, you say that though, I would totally read the R eighteen version of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, I, I, I mean, this is gonna come up in the next category. I don't really like the art, but it, it is hot. Like, like some of the stuff they do, like some of those kisses are just like, damn. Yeah, and it's not necessarily hot because, like, it's drawn in a in a provocative way. 
it's it's, it's hot because you know of those the, characters. Yeah, yeah, the emotions that you feel. You you them. can imagine how that kiss feels to them. Right. And in in you know, to give credit to the writing, considering how much credit we've been taking away from the writing, um, the writing centered around the romance, like the the climax of that writing in in their connection when they finally when they finally touch hug when they finally kiss when they finally do other things um it's so satisfying that it, like i say climax not necessarily orgasmic but like it is a climax of that uh that arc of the romance yeah to the point where i was like what the hell could they do for season two yeah <laughs> Like where where could it go from here? That's the end. Um, but no, it's yeah. I think it's a five. So art competency. Let's let's get into that. <sighs> I'll tell you, it's a three for me. I'm. I was so I'm between a three and a four on this. The reason being, because to be clear, the art in this is not. It's not great. I would hesitate to say not good because I think it's doing what it needs to, but there's enough sort of weirdness sprinkled throughout that. It's like, uh, so to me, to get a, to get a five in art competency, you have to be doing something where I go, I can't believe this is a manhwa, you know, Mm -hmm. for a four, it's got to be sort of like doing something that makes it so that I don't even think about the art, that it just, this makes sense and it just flows through, through the art and the story, right? There were many, many times throughout this series where I wasn't thinking about the art. And so that sort of draws it towards a four to me. But there were also enough points where it made mistakes in the art that I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can bring this so up. So my problem with the art, and art is really personal, and I don't want to be mean to the artist, I don't necessarily think there is a skill issue here. I think this artist is obviously capable of very good art i think there was a little bit of a quality control issue Mm. where anatomy mistakes and perspective mistakes kept creeping in yeah and it it was i will say often on the more challenging poses there were times where they went for something and it didn't quite work out like the shoulder is not in the right place it's not attached to the rib cage or the collarbone (laughs) um and it's it's nitpicky, but it happens often enough in this comic that like even if you don't draw yourself, I think your brain's gonna start to notice like where's where's her leg in this pose? <laughs> like, um, how is she achieving that position? How is like what where why is Pellis's hand so tiny? Like, yeah, I think I'm I'm all, I'm gonna have to give it a three as well, and and. You know, as you're describing those things, I think 
I think there's just too much that is sort of like off model and skewed weird. And, you know, to the, the author's credit, and they said this in, in their notes, like they, it's difficult because they have two characters that are wildly different sizes and it's not necessarily unrealistic, but it is difficult to like put them in the same frame together. Like, how do you do that with two people who are like two feet? Pellis's hand, Pellis's hand is the size of her entire upper arm. Yeah. So that's a challenge. Um, but also I did notice around chapter 70, I think they add a line artist to the staff. Oh, really? And that helps. Hmm. Um, I think, like I said, I think it's a quality control thing. I think it's a pressed for time thing where if the artist had more time, they could go back and redraw, but it just comes to a point where like this thing still needs colored and you got to turn it in. And so, so maybe if we come back to this in, in a couple years, either when it's finished or there's like two or three more seasons and we re-rubric it, maybe maybe we bump that up a lot. But again, I'm going to go back and say the rough edges are sometimes what makes it appealing. This, yeah, this comic but- is a raw expression of one person's vision and one person has limited resources. Yeah. And... I think if you if you sort of made a lot of these things perfect, you'd lose that punk rock quality. Yeah. But I also sort of think then that the the general story that is going on here is just so refreshing and good that I don't know that it necessarily needs the punk rock quality. I I'll put it this way. Check out any of the web comics I mentioned. <laughs> look at the first comic and look at the last comic. Oh, Penny Arcade especially. Oh my god. It's like uh, a completely different thing at this point. Yeah. So I trust that there is there there may be a version of this in the future that just blows us away. Hmm. Guess we'll have to find out. Uh speaking of being blown away, artistic flourish. I'm gonna go with a four. I'm also going to go with a four. <laughs> I wanted, so the artistic flourish in this is really, really good. And I wanted to give this a five for artistic flourish. The problem is they go way too heavy on the flourishes to the point where it's detrimental. So like Mm. every single panel has like a background with you know, flowers and filigree and all this stuff going on. And like the, the lighting is so good and, and they go so deep into that, that it's sometimes distracting. Mm -hmm. And if they, if they had had a lighter touch with it, I would have given this a five for artistic flourish, but like you gotta slow down because if you do like anything that's done well, but too much is not good. You're going to lose the qualities that, that make it so good. My wife was watching me read this because I was often like reading <laughs> watching it on, you read. It. I was reading it on my phone in bed before I would go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I did show her a couple of panels here and there. Cause I was, I showed everybody a couple of panels and, um, she actually asked me last night, 
Are there any scenes in this comic that take place like against a background, like <laughs> in a building or in front of like a, a forest or something like, or, and I said, yeah, there, there are, but th- that's when I noticed, like I'm scrolling to try to show her an example and <laughs> nope, it's all dreamy. It's all looking at somebody romantically. It's all that is most hazy like (laughs) there are plenty of times where like they're in the office or they're in a hallway or in their in a ballroom or whatever and there are backgrounds but a lot of the time you just get sort of an establishing shot background and then it's just them staring longingly into each other's eyes for seven panels in a row with just flower backgrounds yeah i I think the that's the reason why it doesn't get a five. So the reason why it gets a four is I do like the bunny and the bear stuff. (laughs) I do like the gag shots of people being disgusted by their public displays of affection. Um, Cause it, it, like you said, it's sometimes the only thing that makes them tolerable. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) They of course did the, there was a rainbow puke effect, which I noticed. I noticed it every time now. Thank you. I don't think I got to that yet. Um, there's, I like the monsters to be perfectly honest. I did like the thing that they did where when the Duke goes into beast mode, it's drawn differently. Yeah. It's, it's like sketched and stuff. I thought that was really interesting and good. And, and like it gains points for doing something like that. It isn't just oh, he's the same exact character, but now he's sort of flying through the air with a sword in his hand. It's like, no, he's he's turning on this this mode that he goes into when he fights. But also sometimes that happens when he's just talking to somebody, when he gets like pissed off about something. Yeah, for a comic that's so lovey-dovey, it does action scenes surprisingly well. I I hesitate to say that the action scenes are done well, because I found myself struggling to sort of follow what was actually going on in the action scenes. However, most of the time that didn't matter because it there wasn't like a complex battle going on where I needed to know that they were here and then he moved over here and that meant he could do this thing, right? Like mm-hmm. he's just flying around killing stuff. So for the most part, that didn't matter. And so I'm not like detracting points from that. The style that those action scenes had, I thought was interesting and cool. So could, could you do battles in this where like the, the set and setting actually matters and like how they move and, and what he's going to do? Like maybe I don't think it really matters. Yeah. So, personal preference? It's, as I already spoiled, a five. Yeah. I'm also (laughs) going to go with a five. I think it's important to note here, for personal preference, for a five, it says, wouldn't change a thing. That's not necessarily true. However, I think the caveat here is, does something need to change? which is no, the way that it is right now. I love it so much 
I'm not going to, I, I wouldn't care if they like, I don't need them to change anything. Right. It can stay as it is and, and be a five for me. You know, I, I would not mind if things like the art quality and, and the writing, if, if that gets a little tighter in the future, I wouldn't mind it. But I honestly wouldn't change a thing. I I like I like the rough edges. I like the I like the punk rock spirit of it. Even though this is not like indie, they they did get uh, you know a publishing gig kind of. But I, I think it's fair to call this indie. It started completely independently. Um, as far as I'm aware, it had a bunch of chapters that were on their own. They they specifically said they went back and and redid all of those first chapters. When they, if, they, if something they, starts that way, I mean, what what else do you call it but indie? Like, well, sure, they got picked up, but like, it depends. So do punk much, rock bands, right? Yeah, like, it depends. Yeah, with the punk rock band, it depends how much like the the label does for you. Do they hire you a songwriter? Do they hire you a producer who's going to fix all your stuff? Um, and in this case, I don't. I, I don't think that happened. I know there is an editor. They mention in author note too that they they bounce ideas, especially for villain dialogue, off of the editor editor in season two and i think that's fine um i don't think it loses anything by having some help mm. but part of its charm is the rough edges and there there are just some things in this world that would be worse if they were better <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is one like i love that they had no idea what they were going to do with nikki and they still put her in there with that like under grip daggers and everything. And they're just, they're just doing random stuff. There's way too many characters. There's way too much lore. There's, there's all these side characters that don't have anything to do forever. Like there's just something so charming about that to me that. Oh, speaking of that, there was something I wanted to m mention back when we were talking about the characters, there were, there were two side stories in between season one and two. Yes. That were so good. Yes. And they were only I, two chapters each, but it was an exploration of um, their parents, Pellis and, and Lethera's parents when they were younger. And like you, it was such a good, like you get some lore behind their parents and like how their relationship came together and like where uh, both of them are sort of getting certain traits from and everything. Um, which sounds weird to say for Lethera because she had a completely other life, but like, also that's the panel that was the birth of Nikki's backstory. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Um, but like those two, those two side stories weren't necessarily needed, but they were so good that I think like it would have been detrimental to not have them. I went, okay, I will say with that side story, I can't believe I forgot about these two. I went from hating her dad to loving her dad. Yeah. The, I, it, what a redemption for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I hated him before. Um, I just didn't want him on screen. I was like, I don't like this yeah. trope. I don't, uh, the, the weak guy, strong wife, uh, fussy fancy man thing i didn't like that we we should note and because this isn't something we we talked about um the representation in this series is pretty good um they don't 
quite go into like LGBTQ plus kind of stuff. Um, but they, they sort of get close in terms of like strong, powerful women. Um, and you know, there's no black people or anything, but what can we expect of <laughs> a Korean? You know, if you, that's one where I'll say like, uh, you don't lose anything by not handling that, but you can lose a lot by handling it wrong. True. Yeah. Uh, um, in a Korean yeah, comic. I, <laughs> I, I like, I like the way that they're like, yes, women can be powerful, not just politically because Lethera's mom is a knight. And they even go so far as to have uh Pellis recommend her to be the teacher of Javier. So yeah, gender equality is just kind of a thing that's accepted, even though this is a world of princes and princesses. And yeah, well, and of course, Lethera became the, the empress and kicked out the, the rightful successive heir. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And they made, well, they make that make a lot of sense though. <laughs> the, um, the Imperial family kind of disgraces themselves pretty hard. Yeah. But no, nah, I, I think if the, the reason I wouldn't change a thing, if, if for example, the art was really good, if the art was just top notch, that would make the writing stuff stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Potentially you'd sort of need to bring everything up together. Yeah. And that's why I like it's where this artist is in their artistic life. Everything about it just, it has that feel of like one person. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what, what drew me to manga over American comics in the first place. (laughs) And I know there is a staff on this now, like there is colors and stuff like that. But the, when the writer and the artist are kind of the same person, you just get um, a, a product that no other medium can really deliver. Yeah. All right. Well, recommendation strength i'm gonna go with a four yeah four i would have loved to give this a five for recommendation strength because it's just so good but there's just too much in here that if you're not a genre fan it's not gonna hit in the same way no if if this had been the first or even second or third otome isekai had read I would have thought it was just corny and lame. And um, I, I think there's still something you can get out of this as just a, a reader coming into this without knowledge of the tropes, but you would be missing quite a lot. It, I'll tell you what it would have looked like to me. It would have looked like uh teen Titans <laughs> when teen Titans would do like the anime face cuts. Yeah. And I was like, what if you just didn't though? <laughs> like you, you clearly, it, 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 it feels weird. So like, if you're not really in on the jokes, um, it would just have this strange reference. You don't get in the there, middle of, there were a bunch of points where, when they were subverting a trope, they specifically called it out and said, this is a trope of, of, romance novels and manhwa or whatever and we're subverting it like the lampshading um so 
I think a lot of those situations you do get context, but without having experienced those tropes for yourself previously, it doesn't have the same weight. Yeah. Well, and for me, I came in with a slight prejudice against webtoons. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't like the way they looked and I didn't really, I'll, I'll just say, I think I've said before, I didn't have a ton of respect for like cell phone comics. I was like, Oh, you mean coming into Manwa as a whole? Yeah. Okay. Not. And not so if, okay. if this was my first introduction I don't think it would have gotten me over those biases. I think I needed something mm. that was a little bit more like it, um, on the top end of the, the bell yeah. curve. Um, but I so think people that um, aren't as pretentious as you would have, would have possible. possible. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, um, unfortunately for, for everybody, uh, the objective score for this is a solid eight and not a nine. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it has on, on the sites? Uh, yeah. Um, it's like 9.3 or something like that. Oh, golly. Yes. It's very, very highly rated. Um, if I were rating it just based on how much I liked it, I'd be right there. Yeah. I mean, before we started doing the rubriking, I probably would have given this a nine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a, it's not a 10, unfortunately, although I'm sure lots and lots of people are giving it tens, um, or five stars or whatever. Um, but yeah, objectively it's got room to grow, even though we like it quite a lot. Um, this isn't, this isn't my favorite series, but it's probably in the top five. I, yeah, I don't know if I'd call it my favorite, but it was definitely a pleasant surprise. And everybody, I'm very... oh, sorry. Everybody told me I would like this one, especially after the last one where I was like, <laughs> oh, this is just so, so gross. And I hate everybody. And uh, they're like, no, don't worry, Ben, you need this. And it would have been refreshing no matter what, but that it was like, the 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 chef's kiss for me was really just like when the lore started getting really intense and edgy and i was like <clears throat> yes <laughs> oh i love it um so i don't know if i like this for the same reason everybody else likes it but, <laughs> but well the thing is especially the first season i would say this is a a mix between like a cozy read and then also sort of like a, I don't know. There's, there's elements of like an adventure kind of thing in here. So it's sort of like a hybrid in that regard. But like, I think overall, if you just want something that isn't going to like push you a whole lot, this is perfect. Oh yeah. I would, what, what got me through all 90 chapters was, I do a lot of reading for my other podcasts and, and even for this one sometimes. And, um, I just kind of would, would burn out. I, I did, I had pretty bad migraine over Christmas and, um, I just needed to like take it easy. And so I took this out and I would just, you know, 10 or 12 chapters at a time, get, <laughs> get through it whenever 
I could not do serious work anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect for that. Yeah. It's, I would say for the most part, it's, it's very relaxing. Um, and you know, as, as we've just said, high recommendation strength. If you've read any manhwa before, you should definitely read this. Yeah. I'd say if you're listening to this podcast, it's, it's probably something you'd like. And I honestly, I have no idea how I wasn't reading this before. Like, oh, I don't th- know you why. just started this for this podcast. Yeah. Wow. I don't, I think it was on my list on my plan to read list, but for whatever reason, I had never started it before. And I don't know what it was that like was keeping me from it. So I'm glad it, it got recommended. Um, I definitely wanted to, to check that out. Actually, we should probably make a note of the fact that someone recommended this for us. Uh, I gotta find out who that was. Once it was decided, so many people started talking about it. I don't know who the original was. Okay. So I don't know if I, I feel like more than just this person recommended it, but it was last of the red rose that I'm seeing here. Um, recommended in our discord back in October. So I'm going to give her credit. <laughs> Even if <laughs> there's some, someone else mentioned it at some earlier point. So, so thanks for the recommendation again. I, I, I had it on the list, but um, on my list, but I had never started it. So this was a good excuse. I'm glad I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. This was a, this was an excellent follow-up to uh, Beatrice. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still like, just to be clear. <laughs> the the second season, they, they go a different route. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Now that we've got through that, uh, we're going to be picking the next series. We're going to do something a little bit different. So for February, ooh, it's our, it'll be our, our Valentine's Day heroin addiction special. Ooh, uh, I'm actually just going to pick this one outright because we're going to be doing something a little different. So for our next episode, we're going to be doing Who Made Me a Princess? So, who made me princess is getting an anime. Um, oh, so hopefully we get a, a nice boost from this with people checking out. It's marketing. That's your geary choco for the holiday. That's your obligation yeah, right. chocolate. However, there is a good reason that I'm going to specifically pick this because for March, for our our dreary March episode, we are going to be reading three terrible manhwa so that we can get a good baseline for the rubric. Now, what we're going to do is uh, if you're listening to this and and you're not a uh, Patreon listener who's listening to it early, um, you can go on our Patreon. All of the tiers of patrons get to vote on which series we're covering. We are going to have a poll up there with nine options and we're going to be picking the three 
winners of that poll. You can vote on as many of them as you want. Doesn't really do you a whole lot of good to vote for every single one. Just throwing that out there. Um, but you can vote uh, on on as many as you want. We're going to pick the three winners and we're going to go through those three if we can actually get through them. And we are going to rubric the hell out of them. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, I'll just go through this. We got a couple recommendations. Uh, I asked for recommendations on the Otome Isekai Discord. And we got four, five. We got five recommendations from there. And then there are four other ones that uh, are on my list that I know are objectively terrible, but I still read. So um, so first off, uh, from Nekohime, uh, Eileen's on Fire. And this one is rated at a 6.5. Next, we have On the Emperor's Lap, uh, uh, recommended <laughs> by Space Hamster. <laughs> that does sound bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one is actually one that was on my list. I'm going to give credit to Space Hamster, though, because I actually haven't finished this one. It was so bad that I literally put it on the shelf and said, I will come back to this some other time. Um, <laughs> that's the, I love that that's the bar. It was so bad. Not so bad that I stopped reading it. So bad that I put it away for later. on the emperor's lap is rated 4.7 that is that is the worst rating on this list i i just gotta say if the entire story does not take place on the emperor's lap i'm gonna be really disappointed i need this to be like a one room a one a one room production where it's it's just we're trapped on the emperor's lap and like not that bad if if she stands up, he explodes. <laughs> Actually, I think that's how it ends. <laughs> um, also from Space Hamster, and I disagree with this, but I go with what people recommend. Um, Post possession damage control. Post possession damage control is a fairly new series that I like. I have been reading it. I enjoy it. Um, It's rated at 7.8. I think people are rating this low because of spoilers. Oh. Um, There's some spoilers about like where the the romance is going to go in the end. And considering that the main character is surrounded by just the worst guys. I think people are really pissed off when they read the spoilers and they're rating it based on that. But there's only like 30 some chapters at this point. And so far, I mean, it's it's dramatic and depressing, but I think it's really good. Now, if the spoilers are true, I can understand why people are pissed off. But you can't rate something based on spoilers because it hasn't come out yet. You can't know that. Yeah, that seems a little oh, like to be political. clear. These are spoilers <laughs> from the the novel. Okay, so this was a, a and as we established, start. it could change. Right. Probably won't, but it could. Did we establish that? I think we you were just said. talking about that ourselves. 
Oh, I didn't know if that's in the episode. I don't think it is. So to be clear, um, there's a, a bunch of times when a manhwa, which is an adaptation, people put spoilers and they're like, this thing is going to happen. And then like, it doesn't happen in the manhwa because they've changed it. That happens plenty of times. So point is, I like that series. I don't necessarily want it on this list. If people pick it as one of the ones for us to read, I mean, I'll do it, <laughs> but it's going to get rated higher <laughs> than all the other ones. So uh, next we have from observer status, savor the taste. Gross. That could be gross. Um, this is a completed series. It's rated at 7.3 which seems sort of high for what we're doing here. So um, I might, uh, in the poll, I might sort of uh, put like a little uh, rating uh, indicator next to it just to let people see if people want to vote for all, only the most, you know, worst rated ones. Well, in, in your experience, is it is the Bato rating pretty indicative of how it's going to do on the rubric like no i could not at all see <laughs> um i have another rubric out there and, and ready player one didn't do very well on it but that is like one of the most successful books of the last <laughs> 10 years so well as we've seen time and time again when we rubric things we we are constantly getting lower ratings than what they're rated but we've also been rating thing. We've also been covering things that are objectively good, and so like we can see that people rate things higher. I think that also follows the other direction. That if people hate something, they're going to rate it lower than it necessarily should be rated. Yeah, most ratings are either like the lowest or the highest. Right. Um. And then, so our last recommended here uh, from Gwace, and I am saying that properly, um, is Zenith. And Zenith is rated at seven. Um, I was actually, I didn't like start looking at any of these, but this one actually looks like one I might enjoy. So I mean, not that really... people shouldn't pick stuff that I'll like. I mean... There's the the next four that we're going to go over are ones that I liked for some reason or another. I'm going to really date myself here, but like, does anybody remember when Zenith was like a brand of electronics? Oh yeah. We had a Zenith television. Yeah. I had a Zenith VCR. The big, uh, I think it was a console TV. Hmm. I wonder if the kids even know what that means. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Go on our Discord. Let us know if you know what a console TV is. Let me know what your experience with the Zenith brand was. <laughs> oh, and it and let us know how old you are. <laughs> no, I, I mean I don't need your age. But. Yeah. Well, I mean it's sort of important, and you don't have to tell us your exact age. <laughs> anyway, okay. So going on to uh, series that are on my list that I read. In fact. I have completed all four of these series. Um, so if you want me to read something 
Don't pick only these. Uh, so starting off, we have Villainous's Idol. And that is rated 5.4. Again, there was something about this that I enjoyed. I don't think it was like good, but it was interesting enough that I, I read the whole thing. So, uh, and next up is princess villainess. And this one is rated at 6.1. Going to play a game of like Manwa or Italian Jallo movie. <laughs> uh, this one is also completed and, oh, I actually gave this one a rating. Uh, I gave it a six. Oh, that's low for you. But that's not my objective rubric rating. That was just my feeling. So there was enough there that I read the whole thing, but didn't necessarily like it. <laughs> uh, next up, Lily, the vicious villainess. Uh, this is also completed 6.2. I rated this one a six. So very similar. I'd have named her Vicky. I mean, yeah, I think they missed an opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, the the other name for this is a poisonous lily. That makes more sense. A blooming lily, a terrible <laughs> lily. I don't know. Anyway. And then last and least, <laughs> the scorned villainess survives in the wilderness. So, Ben, this is one you've actually, you started reading before. Oh, yeah. If people go back and listen to our uh, precursor episode to heroin addiction, is this an intervention? Uh, this is one of the ones that you started reading for that. Oh, I'm this sure is, I'll remember it when I see it. Yeah. This is rated at a five. I rated this a four. <laughs> Uh, and that might actually be the most objective rating I've ever given anything. <laughs> this this is the series that I only kept reading because it was so bad that I enjoyed trashing it in the comments with the other people. <laughs> I literally just needed to to get to the end of this series because I needed to see the uh, the original female lead, you know, all that, like get her comeuppance. Like I wanted to see what would happen. And you know what? Spoiler alert. It was really disappointing. <laughs> so, um, I, I sort of want to do this one just because I want to rubric it and rip it to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we can throw in a bonus episode if they don't pick it. Um, so yeah, that's all of those. Um, as I said, go on, uh, Patreon and you can vote on those. Um, our, our lowest tier of patron is, is very affordable. Um, and you get to, you get to vote. So I, I hope, uh, I hope we do. We don't have a ton of patrons, so I'd like more people to vote on these <laughs> just generally speaking. Um, it's, it's, we're perfectly fine if you pick the low tier. That's 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 perfectly cool. And you know what? You get a shout out on every episode if you do. So, well, we could always do the electoral college and the popular vote, where the popular vote can be in the Discord, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> the the Discord <laughs> vote counts as one vote. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> I can also see who votes on what. So we could do a thing where um, the the higher tier patrons uh, votes are weighted higher. <laughs> oh, no, that's a Nate idea. We don't have any um, noble or, or royal uh, patrons yet. But, I mean, given the name of those patron tiers, it would make sense that they get more votes, right? Yeah. It would make sense that, well, you know, unless it's one of those, like, they're going bankrupt. <laughs> Who knows? If if someone um, gets on, on Patreon to vote on this and they, they get... Uh, they sign up at the royal tier. Maybe I'll just let them pick completely, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll do it for today. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we had a lot of fun with this one. And uh, again, really good series. I hope I hope people go and, and, and read it. If they're not, I know there's a couple people who... Uh, need to pick this back up and continue reading it. Um, so hopefully they get back into that. And and as I said earlier, I hope the author listens to this. Yeah. If they if they understand English, that's wonder. I hope they do. You'll have um, to send them a Korean transcript. Yeah, right. Um, as as much as we've you know talked about some of the things that this could do better. I think overall it's just, it's so good. And for a first work, it's so, so good. Um, and I'm going to keep reading it. I'll, I'll probably catch up to this in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to be reading it like actively. So yeah. Someone tell me when season three comes out <laughs> and I'll pick it back up. Well, before we go, I want to thank Segoy Mart for partnering with us. Uh, Segoy Mart's a retailer of Japanese snacks, drinks, toys, and merch, and they got a lot of cool stuff you can't get outside Japan. Uh, you can check the link in the description or use code APR15 at checkout to get 15% off your first order, which also helps us out. And I will say, um, I want to thank everybody who has been using our coupon code. We've we've had um, a bunch of a bunch of orders that people put through, and and that does help us out. So, thanks a lot. And of course, you can let us know what you think on social media. Uh, and then tell us if you have any series you want us to cover. You can check out our website, animepodcasterreincarnation.com, where you can leave comments about these podcast episodes and also find other posts and reviews. And as I've mentioned, we've got a Discord where you can chat with us. We love to hear from people. And the, uh, the Heron Addiction channel is one of the, uh, the most active channels. So uh, we really appreciate everybody who hangs out with us on, on Discord. And of course, check out our Patreon. Uh, supporters get perks like getting to vote on the series that we cover, like I mentioned, uh, which is very important for this uh, the, the upcoming episodes. Um, and you also get the high-quality stereo version of the podcast early. And of course, we'd love to hear what perks you'd like. Uh, we're, we're constantly trying to, to do updates and stuff. I recently did a, a Hangout stream. I was playing Jedi Survivor. Um, and so, you know, come come join us and uh, you can, we can have some fun. Um, and of course, I got to shout out our patrons. Um, 
here, here's hoping the next episode we've got we've got some more shoutouts. But um, at our uh, reincarnator tier, we've got Cake Dwarf and Moon. Uh, and at our merchant tier, we've got Kill Hour. And at our commoner tier, we have Rena. So thanks so much to our patrons. And don't forget to check out the regular podcast. That time I got reincarnated in the same world as an anime podcaster. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, our next main episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about complicated media. So Ooh. that'll be that'll be a fun thing. So make sure you're subscribed for that. Um, and, you know, go on there and check out our last episode. We had our, our Christmas special where Kermit... Uh, did some research and, and told us all about Christmas in Japan. It was a lot of fun. And of course, if you can't get enough Ben talking about things, check out his other podcast, Words About Books. Um, there's a re- recently released uh, patron exclusive episode. You released it on the on the main feed. Oh yeah, it, it was. <laughs> I was I was angling for that since it was first developed. I did find it interesting, like multiple times throughout the episode, where you were like, "Yeah, I really want to put this up on the main feed at some point." <laughs> it's the only time you will ever. Well, I won't say only because you got another book, but like I was, I said a nice thing about Ernest Klein, and if you know me, you know that was hard for me. <laughs> You got anything uh, fun coming up? Um, more books. Uh, the not this week. Well, probably by the time this comes out, the next episode will be uh, the Hunger Games, which Ooh. seems kind of in line with this audience. And yeah, um, well, and I, this audience should definitely go back and listen to the Court of Thorn and Roses episodes. I like those ones. Um, we're also going to be doing a new. We're going to call it a mini series, but it's going to be pretty long running. The episodes are just going to be shorter where we go through the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings chapter by chapter. And I tell you a bunch of stuff about Tolkien and uh, Norse mythology, Anglo-Saxon mythology and old English. Now those ones, you're going to release those individually on Patreon. Patreon They're first, going right? to be on Patreon uh, first. So you could sign up for the Patreon, I guess. Um, I guess. Could they will us, I guess. Yeah. They will eventually make their way onto the main feed, though. But if you cool. want to get them when they come out, or you, if you want to get them as soon as they're done, basically, they'll be on Patreon. Yeah. Everybody should support you on Patreon. And the the lowest tier for you is uh is cheaper now, right? Uh, the, we we lowered. I don't know what the lowest tier is actually, but we lowered the middle tier. It was mm-hmm. five dollars. Now it's three. And the middle tier is everything. Except your name at the end of the episode, which only Mm. crazy people would do. Yeah, those crazy people. What's wrong with them? (laughs) Well, thanks again for listening. We hope you had a good time. We did. Uh, Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got a finely aged Manwa waiting for me to guzzle it like a pledging sorority sister. I'm concerned. The there's a little bit of lag. We'll see. I think this we're in the middle of a snowstorm. 
if anybody's <laughs> they won't notice the lag but i notice the lag um I, it seems <laughs> fine on my end it could be on my end i don't know okay. i think we're good okay we're gonna have to we're gonna have to stick to business on this one <laughs> i don't know how long the internet's gonna last it's not clear to me how pocket comics works that that's kind of the story of pocket comics that should be the tagline on their website there's tickets which are different from coins oh boy but you can't buy a ticket <laughs> when the gauge bar displaying the message next episode free is full you can read an episode for free by consuming the gauge bar once the gauge bar has been consumed and emptied, the gauge bar will be refill once the display time has passed. If you possess a ticket in your inventory, you can consume the ticket after consuming the gauge bar. You can receive tickets via various events. You can use tickets after consuming your gauge bar. You know, what I, the I- what does that mean? Another typical fantasy romance reminds me so much of my childhood that I don't think that gamification of reading comics is at all silly. I'm on board with it. Your time is over, old man. I'm going to go buy me some pocket coins and um, then I'm going to juice my gauge bar for extra readings. Okay, well, you report back to us on how that goes. Hell yeah. This is fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Just, I will pay like probably $15 a month to have us just a full, a subscription where I can just read, you know, 40 yeah. different series. Yeah. But like you'd be paying a hell of a lot more than $15 a month. If you were paying them. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I need to get into uh, alcohol references. <laughs> I'm, I'm quickly running out of drug references to make. I'll tell you what. I'm drinking a coffee right now that is supposed to be peppermint mocha. Mm-hmm. And it tastes exactly like a cigar I once bought at the Renaissance Fair. What? It's horrible. Was it a mint cigar? No. It, it, whatever the mocha flavor is, it's mixing with the coffee beans and it just tastes like ash. That's weird. Cause like mocha is a well-established flavor and peppermint is a well-established flavor. Like how do you get that wrong? Well, so they didn't put shots of like, there's no syrup in this. It's just coffee. So they put something in the coffee, like I guess a mint leaf mm. or maybe a couple of cocoa beans or something, and they—that's it. So it's I don't not think that's enough. No, it's not chocolate. It's not sweet. It tastes like cacao or something, and it's it's awful. Lovely. <laughs>